in Chicago's college tailgate. Tailgate. Shay Norley and Tyler Atkins. Shay and Tyler on ESPN Chicago. Welcome on in to Chicago's College Tailgate, presented by Twin Peaks. Tyler Rocky, Shane Norland. We talk college football with you every single Saturday up until 11 a.m., leading you into kickoff here on ESPN 1000. And we've already got a great Pac-12 game in the books from last night. I it, wouldn't call it great. It was it was ugly. <laughs> I would not call it that was, great. It, it, but. It raises some questions about the Pac-12. We'll get to that in just a second. We've got a solid slate on deck today. Some good ones in the ACC. Um, One that may be the most watched game of the college football season. We have that today in Colorado and USC. Big noon taking place at 11 a.m., so in just a little bit. But we start with last night's game between Oregon State and Utah, 21-7, to the final there. And this was a game where neither team could really get anything going offensively. Nate Johnson got benched for Bryson Barnes at a certain point. Um, he did come back into the game as well. But it was well, an ugly game between two ranked teams. And uh, quite frankly, I think we learned that Cam Rising is much needed for this Utah team. Yeah, Nate Johnson was horrible last night. I has mean, been, quite frankly, horrible. all year. He's like, just, he can't throw the football. Then I don't understand. You've got an Oregon State defense that's great, except for they can't defend the pass very well. And you decide you're going to rock with your quarterback who cannot throw. 8-23 on the night. You get Bryson Barnes in the game. It was the first time they moved the ball all night. Drive ended with an interception. That was mm-hmm. terrible. But then Bryson Barnes gets killed and has to come out of the game. Nate yeah. Johnson goes back in. Utah just... They never had a chance. They need Cam Rise and something fierce. And you said a great back 12 game in the books. <laughs> that was awful watching this game. Well, I meant from a, a ranking standpoint. But you got but yeah. two top 25 teams. Yeah. You've got two of the top defenses like, in the conference. Oregon State's a team with intrigue. Utah's a team with intrigue. Like they're, they're, This should have been... like Maybe not anymore. We, we talked about this uh, on the podcast, which, by the way, uh, the two of us, we every single Monday... We recap the entire week of Pac-12 or of uh, college football uh, on Mondays and give you the whole rundown there. But the, I was expecting this to be a great game, kind of segueing into a a solid but not great slate today uh, of college football. But uh, we didn't really get that last night. Not a lot of intrigue in this game. Yeah, my question for you, Tyler, because I, I was watching this last night and I started having a thought, and it was something we talked about a little bit on Monday, and I hope it does not happen. Can I guess what you're going to ask yeah. me? Is the Pac-12 going to cannibalize itself? Yep. Mm-hmm. Watching that game last night, you've got a 10th-ranked Utah team walking in undefeated. They haven't had their quarterback, granted, but they mm-hmm. they got maybe the best defense in the country, certainly the best defense in the Pac-12. People say it's the best defense Whittingham has ever had. Didn't look at much last night. I don't understand giving I mean, 20, three releases to every receiver. but 21 points you can live with. Not horrible. You can win. And you hold DJU to 204 yards, but... Man, the way that this Pac-12, I feel like it's going to work. If you go on the road in this conference against one of these teams with a good defense like Oregon State or Oregon, or if you're going to Utah and you got to play in the mountains, I'm worried that this conference that's having a stellar swan song, everybody's talking about having the best quarterbacks in America, having some of the best teams in America, and I'm like, they might get shut out of the playoff again because, look, USC, I think, is – totally fraudulent at this point 
And Oregon, you just you're going to have tough spots like this. You're going to have to play Oregon State. You're going to have difficult road games. You've got Washington looming. Mm-hmm. I, it just I'm worried this conference is going to cannibalize itself. I think there's two teams that could emerge. I'm with you. I think USC punt them out of the picture because I don't think they're going to be. I don't think they have the defense to survive in this conference. You've got two teams that I think can represent you. It's going to be Washington and it's going to be Oregon. Those are the only two teams because I think you're right. We're going to get to a point, and we kind of alluded to this in prior weeks as well, but eventually these teams have to start playing each other, right? And we saw it play out in this game against Utah and Oregon State, and we're going to continue to see it rear its head when we do see some of these big matchups featuring teams like USC, Oregon, uh, Washington, when those teams all start to play each other, even like when Utah and like Utah lost this game, but eventually Cam Rising comes back, and which isn't it funny? We thought Cam Rising might play the opener, and through five weeks, there's it doesn't even feel like it's been close for him playing. I'm so tired of the storyline. Like yesterday, all day, it's. Is Cam Rising going to play? Is Cam Rising not going to play? Nobody knows. You get no official word until very shortly before the game. And it kind of felt that way. It was terrible weather day in uh, Corvallis. Rain all morning into like 40-degree weather. They're probably not debuting their quarterback off an injury in that. But, man, you've got to get him back. And then I just look around this conference for Oregon, you play Stanford this week. It's easy. But then you got to go to Seattle and play Washington. And then nope. in three weeks, you got to go to Utah. Good luck. Like, you're going to Salt Lake. You've got both of your most difficult road games are two of the best teams in the conference. Two of the best defenses, and too. And certainly by October 28th, Cam Rising, Utah's starting quarterback, he will be playing. And if he's not, like, he's not playing this year. Yeah. Like, yep. At that point, I've what's started the point? To, are you there yet? Because I've started to wonder if he is going to play this season. I think he'll play. Like, There's no way a guy who has a chance to play in week one, who and, and who, maybe it's just all smokescreen, right? And he never had a chance to play in any of these first four or so weeks. Sure. Maybe it's all a giant smokescreen and it's tactical and that does kind of feel like the Kyle Whittingham way. But I can't imagine there being conversation this guy could play week one Especially when we've heard nothing about a setback too with him, and he doesn't play at all this year. It just it it gives me uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba vibes. Is he going to play? Is he not going to play? And then he just never plays the entire season. Granted, but it's he not was, like he was a first round pick, right? He yes, was I was going to say he's not protecting draft stock, right? Cam Rising has some work to do if he wants to be a top place well, in the play. NFL draft, <laughs> right? So like. I would be surprised if he doesn't play, but I have been having that thought. How long does this go where he's just mysteriously not playing? It's very odd the way that they've managed this, and now you've got a loss, and this conference as a whole, dude, they badly need to get into a playoff. How long has it been since we've seen, was it with the Mariota Ducks we last saw a Pac-12 team in the playoff? Was Washington before or after that? Either way, but uh, it's still like seven seven years years ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This conference badly needs a playoff berth. This is the best year they've had a chance at it since Washington made it. You can't have a marquee brand like USC in your conference and be this long held out. Well, Especially have, now that you're losing it. like You're losing everything. To have this many teams in the top 25, three in the top 10 as we enter the week, obviously that'll change, but or four in the top 10, Oregon's in there as well. Mm-hmm. So 
You I, you occupy seven through ten right now. This idea that the the Pac-12 is going to cannibalize itself and it's swan song season that has been by far the most enjoyable conference yet this year. That would bum me out. I'd be sad, man. I don't want the Pac-12 to get shut out this year. But last night watching that game, I couldn't help myself but think this conference is going to F themselves over. Here's my my one redeeming thought on on the, the Pac-12. Washington looks like they can go anywhere and beat the brakes off of anyone. And that might be your team that you have to, to ride with here, that you have to root for if you're rooting for conference over team here. In the Pac-12, like Washington may have to be your ticket in because you and I have talked about it. They might be the best team in the entire country right yeah. now. Every single game's over at halftime. They've played uh, a couple of Power Five teams already. They played a, a solid Boise State team as well and have just beat the brakes off of everybody here. I, it may be Washington or bust because Oregon, Oregon's good, but I. I Offensively, they're not Washington good. They well, may be better defensively, but they're not Washington good offensively. I think they're certainly better defensively. But Washington's offense, if you haven't watched them, you have to watch them. They're incredible. Roma Dunze, one of the wide receivers, big guy, makes every catch. He's Yeah, he's a first-round talent. Michael Penix, a first-round talent at quarterback. And Kalen DeBoer runs basically an NFL offense where they're going fly routes on half the drives, but Michael Penix, he knows, can just put it on a dime. They're busting up cover twos. They're busting up any defense you throw at them. They look like an NFL-style offense, and it is a fun thing to watch in college football. The Huskies, to me, right now are the best team, but they've got to survive that home game against Oregon. Honestly, you got to survive tonight because you go on the road yeah. to Arizona. It's a sneaky good team, Pac-12 Network, so nobody's going to be able to watch, but it's a sneaky good Arizona team. And you got to go to Tucson. You got to survive that. It, it's it, this is such a difficult conference outside of like the Stanford's of the world. We thought Washington State would be horrid. They're actually pretty good with maybe the what the second or third best quarterback in the conference too, in, in a quarterback dominant league yeah. with Cameron Ward. I mean, I'm just looking at the Washington schedule right now. Last four games, I don't know how. You survive this and become a playoff team. If you do survive it, you 1,000% are a playoff team. But you have to end the year probably 3-1 and one, while also beating Oregon at home. But you have to end the year 3-1 and one at USC, home against Utah, at Oregon State, home against Washington State. And then you got to go win a Pac-12 championship. Do you see what this conference does to itself? This is not the year that we need this. Why does Washington, who feels like they're written in as the Pac-12 champion, have to go through this gauntlet? Do you really see three and one? You're going to L.A. and then you go to uh, you get Salt Lake in town. They, Salt Lake comes to you, mm-hmm. but you got to go to Corvallis and your in-state rival with Cam Ward, who I know nobody's ever heard of because he played at Incarnate Word, but completing sixty-five percent, seventy-five percent of his passes. Mm-hmm. He's been awesome. And it throws the ball all over the yard. What, what's his touchdown interception? It's something 13 crazy. 13 to, to nothing. 13 nothing? 13 nothing. He's it's, been amazing. Yeah. It, like To me, that Washington State team is the spoiler in this conference because as much as I like Wazoo as like my pet school in college football, you're not making a playoff. Wazoo's not sniffing a top four unless they go undefeated somehow, which they just won't. But they could play the spoiler role. You get in-state rival against Washington the final week of the season. Hmm. Let me uh, lay this out. 
I don't Probably want the Pac-12 go- to do this to themselves again. Not going undefeated, but could have a a two-loss resume, like a, a solid two-loss resume. The, the thing that hurts is you go at Oregon and then you close the season at Washington. But, like, if you somehow split those and find yourself in a Pac-12 champ, like, the path is there. You you play... Uh, this two-loss thing, you are you are hell-bent on getting a two-loss team in the playoffs. We're going to see it this year. Like, there's look at no the, chance. Look at the way that the season's gone so far. It has literally never happened. Yes, and look at the way the season... We haven't seen a season where we don't know who the number one team is by week five. No, because, I th- dude, I think you're going to get an undefeated Big Ten champ. I think you're probably going to get an undefeated or one-loss SEC champ. You're probably going to get an undefeated Florida State. You think we're going to get a, an undefeated Big and, Ten champ? We could see... Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State round robbing each other. But then does the Big Ten get shut out? Like, I, I can't live in a world where we got a two loss. Probably Oklahoma or Texas wins the Big 12, right? But you know what? Let's talk about this more on the other side. Because this is one of those weird tweener weeks where the games, there's some good ones, not a lot of great ones. And there's a lot of big picture stuff to talk about. We're through a quarter of this season, Tyler. Crazy how fast we're there. All right. When we come back, we will discuss the playoff outlook, and all of that when we come back. This is Chicago's College Tailgate presented by Twin Peaks. Chicago's College Tailgate returns in a flash on ESPN Chicago. Chicago's College Tailgate. Now back to the show with Shay and Tyler on ESPN Chicago. You're unbelievable. What did I do? Are you okay, by the way? You need a flush. You need a flush your eye right now. To pull the curtain back. In the break, if you are a contact wearer, I had one of those moments where I went to give uh, a little rub to my eye. A little sleepy morning for Shay. The contact moved into my eyelid. Oh, the worst. So the last five minutes of my life were a struggle as I tried to You've find been it. One eye blind. Yeah, <laughs> that's better than third eye blind, I guess. But you, you've just been, I mean, you've been erect for the last three minutes. Listen, I got a triple you espresso you coffee. I, I need to, I'm trying to get. Hyped up here. I told you. you we have full day of college football, Tyler. I told you. You got to go flush during the break. It's a beautiful flush your day eye. out. Oh, boy. It's going to be an amazing day out today. Um, you want to join us? 312-332-3776. Tyler Rocky, Shane Rowling, talking college football with you. And you're pissed off at me because I think a two-loss team's getting in. This is just a horrible take. It's just a horrible take. It's never Look at happened. The team. You just want to be the landscape. You just want to be contrarian and the first to pick it, and you can brag about how you knew a two-loss team was going to get in. There's, it's not going to happen. Look at play the, way the scenarios out. All right, let's let's look at the Big Ten. Do we think a Big Ten team? Like, let's be real about this. Right, let's actually, let's, say, look, let's work backwards here. How many undefeateds do we think we're going to have in this playoff? Might be none. I could get on board with every team in the playoff as a loss. Okay. But do we really think all three of the Big Ten's best teams, Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, are just going to straight up round robin each other? If they do, and they all have one loss, then they all have one loss. And one of them will have to win the Big Ten title. You don't get a two-loss playoff team out of that. I Well, I don't. I think there's a real world where the Big Ten just gets shut out, too. Sure. But if that's the case, then you we think Florida State undefeated likely in the ACC, yeah? Mm-hmm. You and well, I today, you and I, I think Florida State likely undefeated. Where's no. the loss? There could be a lo- like look at you could lose to Duke. This team could totally lose to Duke. They're not losing to Duke. You could lose to Miami. Have you lost their your mind? They Duke could. Go, Duke's got to go to Tallahassee. 
They ain't losing to Duke. They almost lost to Boston College. In a monsoon. For, like, what? A, a quarter? Like, it, it was bad weather, but it wasn't like it was bad weather for that long. And that was in Boston. You got to go north. So it Road games. It's Boston, tough. Boston. That's the biggest joke of a home field advantage that there is in college football. Duke going to Tallahassee, no shot. No This is chance. a different Duke team. This at is a Florida, different Duke team. At Florida at the end of the year with the ACC wrapped up, you could talk me into it. But I think there's that, that's a want blood game. They're not going to just give it away. You know who the program is that sometimes ruins dreams too? Pitt. This oh. team could go to Pitt and lose. I'm not picking it, but it could happen. Pitt spoils seasons. It's what they do. They're not a good team, but they spoil no, seasons. I don't want to talk about Pitt because my and their head coach has been linked to Michigan State. If you've read the reports, I saw that. Just a quick sidebar. You're animated on this. Let, let's hear it. Go just ahead. Just a very quick sidebar. Brett McMurphy put that tweet out yesterday with mm-hmm. some of the most ridiculous possible names, sw- citing sources. Uh, let's be fair here. The next time Brett McMurphy accurately reports something will be the first time. He has never gotten anything right. He's the guy who came out goes, Mel Tucker is fired four hours before they announced a suspension. So I don't think mm-hmm. he's getting the greatest info out of East Lansing. It took four weeks after his tweet for Mel Tucker to actually get fired. And, and the best part was him victory lapping it. He yeah. victory lapped it. Yeah. How, how do you victory lap a wrong report? It's un- That guy's unbelievable. But he put that report out, and it's got Mike Elko. Okay, so you opened a, a magazine. You can read. That's the hottest mm-hmm. name in the country right now for, like, mid-level openings. Great. I'm glad you can pick up a book and see Mike Elko, hot name. Then he's got Dan Enos. The university would riot. And then Pat Narduzzi. I'm sorry, Tyler, what has Pat Narduzzi done at Pitt for me to care about? He hasn't done enough to go to the the Michigan State Spartans. To take a step up and go to Michigan State and be the head coach. No thank you. Spoiled I'm seasons. Good. Oh, the old days of the Nardog coming down from the press box and he's like, I'm good. We don't need that. But th- th- I got to get back to what you've been saying. This mm-hmm. two-loss playoff team. We got to work through the scenarios here. SEC champion. Either undefeated or one loss, depending on which division it comes from. Agree? Mm-hmm. Yes. Big Ten champion, probably one loss. Fair? Big Ten champion could be two. But if they're getting into the playoff, it's one loss. Okay. Then you've got, you go to the ACC where we all, we both think Florida State at worst, well, one loss. They're going to win the ACC. They get in. I think the conference that has the best chance at an undefeated right now is the Big 12. Texas or Oklahoma. Yeah. I think they split their two games and they both end up with one loss. In the case that you then have a two-loss Pac-12 champion, Texas or Oklahoma gets in. If There's you have a, no way two-loss teams are I, making it. I, I do think the, the Pac-12 could have a, a formidable two-losser. Well, yeah, and of I just course, think, but that doesn't like, mean they're going to make the, the Look at the way that this entire season's gone so far. Like Georgia has not looked good. Georgia could easily lose two games this year if you include an SEC cha- in the SEC championship game. Michigan, would it shock you if they could lose two games this year? Texas is is literally the only... schedule? Yeah. Would, 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 well. te- Texas is literally the only team I look at right now and say, I don't envision a world where they lose two games. I can't see Florida State losing two. Okay, I'll, I'll add, yeah. Florida I can't State. see... Uh, well, see, this is where it gets... Diff- Washington's not losing two. 
There's just no way Washington's losing to. Look at their schedule. I read off their last four games. At USC, home against Utah, at Oregon State, home against Washington State. And you have a home game against uh, Oregon as well. All of this to go back to saying, I hate the Pac-12. I hate what the Pac-12 has done to their own conference. And you know what? I'm at a point. I'm glad it's going away. Get these. No, get these. You can't con- ask the Pac-12 like that. Get these. Con- get these teams into a conference where they have a shot instead of taking each other's heads off every year. I'm tired of this. I am v- very excited. Like for as much as it sucks that the Pac-12 is disintegrating off of this great season, I do. Th- I am very excited to see all these teams in like the Big Ten and and the Big Twelve and, and kind of how they're scattered about. I think the Big Ten's the most fascinating when you, you're adding in Oregon. Washington, UCLA, USC. I'm fascinated by it. I cannot wait. Cannot wait. I think it's going to be fantastic. I think it's going to be horrible, but that's just it's, that's me. I, I've always been the hang on to... I'm not a to, sucker to the tradition. I, quite I frankly, am. don't care about any of the tradition of college sports. But I, I, the problem is they're not going all in with it. If you want to do this, well, now we should talk about this as well because the playoff expansion is now on hold mm-hmm. as they await what happens with these conferences. Well, yeah, it's the whole... What are, it's uh, five and three versus four and four. Yeah, that's the way they're. Well, or no, 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 six and six versus. Uh, yeah, whatever the math. Five is. and seven. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. This is what I'm going to give the uh, college football playoff committee a tip. Make it sixteen teams. Sixteen teams get no, in. No, 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 no. Let I think in. you you have to reward teams for the regular season with buys. If we're doing all of this garbage. Where everybody's moving into the same conference, and we're going to have basically four big conferences. Just make it sixteen teams. Lop off half of the bottom half of the uh, country. Get like whatever the worst FBS school you can think of is. Kick them out. Goodbye. You have no shot. Lop half of them off. Give me the top sixty-eight, and let sixteen teams in, I, and let's party. No, like, no, 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 go all in on this. I'm all for, and I think sports in general need to adopt more of this, but rewarding regular seasons with buys. In the playoffs, I, I really think that needs to be more commonplace in sports. We see it in football. Okay. We see it in in, um, in in what will be the the college football playoff. I think it needs to be more standard. We see it in baseball. We need to see it more often. To your point, reward the regular season with a buy. Okay, here's your buy: Georgia, you get Wazoo in Athens. Buy. That's a buy. Michigan, you get North Carolina in Ann Arbor. Okay, that's what, a buy. What happens if Brock Bowers gets injured in that game? Is it really a buy then? Well, you know what? Things happen. Things what, happen. What, are, like, what am I going to do? I think that's part of it. Rest and recuperation it should be a part of the reward for some of these teams. This whole I just think they're too halfway with everything. Go on in. You want to make this some big thing? Well, congratulations. They got what they wanted. We have the playoff, but this is where it takes us. Now you have all these conference realignment things. Nobody knows what's going on with TV deals. Nobody knows what's going on with other athletics. This is where all of the things that everybody begged for has taken us. The sport as it was is dead. It's never coming back. So now just change it entirely. Bomb it out. is getting changed entirely. Right, but I'm saying bomb out half the country. Everybody plays 10 conference games. Let 16 I, teams I'm in for and that. let's party. Yes. We need to up the conference games, and I know these coaches hate it. It's amazing. You can do so much stuff to the sport, but oh, whether it's basketball or whether it's football, like, oh, we're going to up the conference late to 10. We're going to up the conference late to 20 in basketball, and they lose their mind over it. This idea that we can piecemeal everything and the SEC, well, you got to play along and go with this whole conference realignment. 
Bring on Texas and Oklahoma. We're going to make your conference massive. In a few years, you're just going to absorb the ACC. But, hey, if you want to play Mercer in November, that's cool. Have a good time. No, no more of that. You want to do all this stuff that everybody begged for, big playoff, expansion, get more teams involved. All right, then lop off the bottom half of the country. No more playing Mercer in November. You don't get all the bye games anymore. Sorry, Michigan, you can't line up UNLV, East Carolina, and Bowling Green anymore. Go play someone. Like, I need a rule. If you're in a power conference, you must play at least one power non-conference team if you want to qualify for the playoff. No more of the Michigan garbage. Or Georgia. you got to roll out. Yeah, Georgia. Or Bama. No more of that. At least Bama plays like a Texas. Well, but. Bama always does. Like, But no, the Georgia and Michigan Dame, deal yeah. where you're scheduling three borderline FCS programs to come to town and you just get a preseason, no more. You want to qualify? you got to play somebody. I want 10 conference games in every conference and then open this sucker up. 16, go all in. Let's party. I'm... I- I want 12, you want 16 if we're going to play by these rules here. But boy, like the expansion would have been great for a year like this year. Given how open it is yeah. and how many good teams there are in sort of that 8 to 12 range right now, I think 12 would have been fascinating for this year. Think about a 12 team playoff if the season ended today, it would be Georgia Bama in the first round. Well, that would Georgia be, would have the the bye, but right, but you could, could play get a Georgia. Yeah, you know what I mean. Okay, yeah, yeah. so Ohio State, Bama. Yeah, that that's your first round. Or actually, would be Florida, Florida State, State, Bama, Bama yeah, which yeah, is yeah. even better. Yeah, you get Florida State, Bama, Penn State, Notre Dame, Washington, Utah, and USC, Oregon. That's a party. Yeah, this would have been the greatest year for the twelve team. Too bad we got to wait. Too bad we got to wait. All right, when we come back, we will. Go through some of the games on the docket for this week and craft our parlay as well. That's coming up next on Chicago's College Tailgate. Chicago's College Tailgate returns in a flash on ESPN Chicago. Now back to the show. show, show. Chicago's College Tailgate has it all with Shay and Tyler on ESPN Chicago. This week, five slates and preview. We'll also get you our parlay pick because we do have a few games in the 11 a.m. window as well. Um, But let's start with the big one on Big Noon. USC traveling to Boulder and the Trojans a 21 and a half point favorite against Colorado here. We saw Colorado get the brakes beaten off of them last week. And USC, we know what they have with that potent offense, but they did struggle a little week, a, li- a little bit last week against Arizona State. They still put up 42 points, but did allow 28 on the other side here. But USC, I think we could be looking at another beatdown here for Colorado, another humbling experience for Coach Prime. USC's defense is horrible, horrible. We'll get to the picks on this game in the next segment, so I don't want to give anything away, mm-hmm. but. I just like the, the the idea that Lincoln Riley, and I think it's really just stubbornness, is going to keep Alex Grinch around, who was his defensive coordinator in Oklahoma. We know they didn't play defense. And he's now the defensive coordinator at USC. They haven't played defense either of the last two years, despite this year making a point in the transfer portal to go out and get defensive guys, Bear Alexander out of Georgia and others. Like, they hit the portal hard to rebuild this defense, and they still don't play any defense. 
Alex Grinch is a clown, man. Get him out. He is holding this team back from being a playoff contender. Because it, you're USC. Like, you can go out and get the big-name players. You can build a talented defense. You you can shapeshift over an offseason, too, which is what they tried to do in the transfer portal and even with recruiting as well. So it is a shame that it's gotten to this point with USC, but that defense is going to be the reason why they're not in a playoff. It's just, to me, the defense makes them illegitimate as far as, like, going long-term. I, they are not real. They are totally fraudulent because, look, man, Arizona State got shut out by Fresno State in their own place. That game was in Tempe. Fresno State went in and blanked Arizona State. USC goes in there and gives up 28, and you're going into the fourth quarter, and you still got to play Caleb because it's a one-score game. That To me, that makes you a fraud. And I'm very. I wonder this USC Colorado. I don't think that this is Oregon Colorado. I don't think this is totally JV versus varsity. Because yeah, because offensively you still even without Travis Hunter in this game for Colorado, Shador Sanders. Can, yeah, he never had a chance. And, and Colorado didn't turn the ball over against Oregon, and it's because quite frankly they didn't really have a chance to yeah. turn the ball over because the defense was that suffocating. The only chance you had at a turnover really was a fumble. On a on a strip sack. Yep, that was about it. So, um, the other thing I want to point from this game: stupid, 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 stupid. Ten a.m. kicks are stupid. Yeah, why are they doing this? Well, because this is going to be the most watched game in college football. Like Fox gets to draft these games, right? Like you pick this game. They took and they don't want to put it at nine p.m. But it's just putting it at 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 noon. We saw this. Who did we see this with? Was it UCLA USC? We saw. And it was a 9 a.m. kick yeah. when they did this the last time. But 10 a.m., because you get the mountain time with Boulder, but 10 a.m. kicks are stupid. I don't get it. Quite frankly, I'm not a fan of 11 a.m. kicks local time here in the central time zone. Yeah, I don't like them. It's like you get a Northwestern game at at, at uh, Ryan Field at 11 a.m. No, thank you. Noon is the right time for football to start. Yes, Thank you. NFL Central Time is perfect. Noon mm. is the right time. Noon college football is the right time. The 11 a.m. kick and then 10 a.m. local. Imagine waking up at 4.30 in the morning so you can go tailgate at like 6 for a 10 a.m. kick. Yeah. I, nobody wants to do that. Yeah. I, I know like Michigan fans, I remember hearing from them saying like, oh, like it was like their badge of honor that they wake up at 5 a.m. and start pregame. No. I don't want. To, I don't need to do that. I like the three thirty game. Yes. Let me uh, get up at nine, take care of some things, mm-hmm. and then I'll start drinking around noon. Yes, I'm with you there. All right, in the Big Twelve, we've got Kansas, the twenty fourth ranked Jayhawks, heading into Austin to take on Texas. The Longhorns, a sixteen and a half point favorite, and this is a game where Kansas, welcome to the rankings. They have shown flashes this year. They have played a couple weird games as well. Um, the the Illinois game, the Nevada game. Um, they, they've kept it close in some of these games, but the, you're getting a new beast now when you go into Austin and you go take on this Longhorns team that has Quinn Ewers, who is shooting up draft boards. And I, I just think Texas is the far superior team. Yeah, I was told earlier this week by our director of content, Danny Zetterman, that if we don't talk more Kansas on this show, I'm going to get Wally pipped out of this show. So I want to make sure we hit on Kansas. Lance Leipold running a wonderful program, future Michigan State head coach. Uh, He's got a fantastic motion offense that I like to watch. A lot of speed. They can score on anybody. 
Texas is going to murder them. Texas is going to take this fake defense. effing bird and put it on a stake. I'm saying the Jayhawk, it's not a real bird. Texas is going to take this mythical bird and put it on a stake. So there you go, Danny. There, I'm talking Kansas for you. Here, You're going to get your head taken off today. Here's what's like, Quinn Ewers is grabbing all the headlines and and deserves a lot of the headlines here. But look at the, the defensive output. And I get there's a lot of nobodies in here, but 10 points against Rice, 24 against Bama, 10 against Wyoming, 6 against Baylor. This defense has been amazing this year for Texas. Yeah, and the offense has been sleepy at times, but I think they woke up a little bit in Waco last week, finally realizing they have to take things a little seriously after the Bama win. And today, you've got a chance against... This is You know what this is to me? This is more representative of what Colorado-Oregon was last week, where you've got Texas favored by a million. And I know the point total is coming down, but basically the sports books are telling you Texas is significantly better than Kansas. And I think if you're if you're Sark, you kind of know like it just winning the Big 12 it might not be enough especially if you have to split with Oklahoma doing it. Let's get some style points. There's a 20 up. There's a 24 on Kansas that shouldn't be there. Let's go run them out of the building. Yeah. Um in the SEC, Georgia travels to Auburn first big game of the Hugh Freeze era and uh, this is a, a Georgia team that's let some teams hang around, uh, and we saw it a couple weeks ago with uh, with South Carolina, who had a lead at halftime. I don't trust Peyton Thorne, but this is a game where it wouldn't be surprising to me if we saw Auburn hang inside the number. Yeah, Auburn, it sucks. I don't think Auburn's going to hang inside the number here. I think this is the one where uh, finally everybody's going to go, oh, okay, Georgia's still Georgia. I watched that Auburn A&M game last week. They're, dude, they're terrible. I, they're, like, terrible. They can't score in a morgue. That offense just... The, what the hell does that mean? There's dead bodies. Just think about it. Okay. They can't score. They're awful. And, and Peyton Thorne, I, like, he's a fine kid. Just kind of a middle-of-the-road college quarterback. He comes out of the game. Robbie Ashford comes into the game. Disaster. Like, they, if not for a fumble six in that game, Auburn's not even remotely in it with Texas A&M. Georgia's got... At least as good a defense as Texas A&M, probably miles better. I think this is the one where Georgia just drops a bomb on somebody on the road, and we all go, all right, there's still Georgia. More SEC. LSU travels to Oxford to take on Ole Miss, 13 against 20 here. Uh, Right now, Ole Miss, a slight underdog at home, and this is an LSU team that really can't slip up the rest of the way. If I'm LSU, I'm nervous about this one. If I'm an LSU fan and you, you got to play like you did against A&M. You got to go to the Grove. Or Mississippi State, I mean. This is one of the toughest places to play in the SEC, too. People, I don't know if people really know that, mm-hmm. but you got to go to the Grove, which is an incredible tailgating experience, and the fans are rabid. Like, this is not an easy spot for LSU. 13-20, you see that two-and-a-half line. Ooh, giving me LSU the better team south of a field goal? I would be very, very careful. Looking at that, this is one, honestly, Lane Kiffin probably held with a little bit of an edge after the dud in Tuscaloosa last week. I kind of like Ole Miss here. I think this could be a real shootout. This may be the most fun game of the day. Yeah, usually these kinds of games, like this is what Ole Miss-Bama used to be, where you've got two teams that can just kind of score. Last week, Bama really tightened up on Ole Miss, and it was obviously a road game. Saban came correct, not wanting to lose two straight in Tuscaloosa, but... 
This one today, I'm with you. I think this could be a, a high-flying affair. 67.5 the total there. I think that could go over, and I think we could be seeing a game in the 80s there. Um, lastly here, on ABC, the primetime matchup, Notre Dame traveling to Durham to take on Duke. Notre Dame loses last week in heartbreaking fashion, even though they probably played the better game. But this is a resurgent Duke team that I think really could put their name on the map today. Yep, I, I'm totally with you on it. And like Mike Elko, the head coach at Duke, Riley Leonard, the quarterback, they are building. They haven't finished building, but they're in the process. And so far, things look really good. You've got a ranked Duke team, 4-0, college game day in Durham for first the time. first time in mm-hmm. history. This is a really cool game to watch, 6.30 on ABC, and I can't wait to watch it. I will say this. Duke fans may be the most clueless sports fans on earth. I, I went, I was on the Duke campus for, it was a Sweet 16 game, and I was just on the campus. I wasn't at the game. I was on the campus, and I heard more conversations about echolocation than the fact that Duke was playing in the Sweet 16. That's what kind of sports fan you're dealing with in Durham. Like, nerds? Okay. Just nerds? Yes. Mm-hmm. I don't think you get that at some of these other elite institutions across America. I don't think you're getting that at Stanford for a big Stanford football game when they used to have big football games at Stanford. Um, but I will say this. You know what? You might. <laughs> we'll see. You might. Uh, I just haven't experienced it yet. Um, but Duke is the five-and-a-half-point dog here, and you look at what this Duke team has done. They have the big win against Clemson, and I think you could be looking at maybe another big win against Notre Dame here. Catching a, a Notre Dame team in an emotional spot yep. here where they're just kind of beaten down after last week. I'm with you. So uh, let's craft this parlay real quick because we do have some 11 a.m. games to incorporate here. This is the week. I'm feeling the week. I'm feeling the week here. What do you like? I am going to the over. Root for points. Big noon kickoff. USC in Boulder. Both of these defenses blow. Colorado's got a bottom four defense in America. They're terrible. USC's going to score every time they touch the ball. USC can't play defense either. I like Colorado to get some points in this game. 52-24 final. We shoot over the 72.5. I'm going to go with the Duke Blue Devils, who I just mentioned can keep it close and maybe even win outright against Notre Dame at home, plus the 5.5. Justin in the producer's booth, what do you like? What's going on, guys? Uh, I like the under today in Indiana versus Maryland. Guys, it's not going to be a pretty game, I don't think. I think both teams will struggle on offense. So I'm, I'm taking the under here at 50 and a half. Is this a slam it play? This is a slam it Give play. me a slam it. Give me a good slam it, Justin. Three, two, one. Slam it, boys. Take the under. All right, slam there it go. there. Bring some energy, Pottinger. All <laughs> right, so to round it all out here, USC and Colorado over 72 and a half points. Notre Dame at Duke, Duke plus five and a half, and Indiana and Maryland under 50 and a half. So you get that out on FanDuel plus 573 with a 50% boost. You can get 859. I want it known. I'm double unit bombing this one. This. This is the one. This is the week. All right. This is definitely the week. Lock it in. All right. When we come back, we'll get you the rest of our picks here at Chicago's College Tailgate. Shay and Tyler. Tyler. Chicago's College Tailgate returns in a flash on ESPN Chicago. Chicago's College Tailgate has it all. Now back to the show with Shay and Tyler on ESPN Chicago. Time to get into some picks here for the Week 5 slate of college football. And for that, we send it over 
to Justin Pottinger with the full slate. What do we got today, Justin? What's going on, guys? Let's start with Penn State today. They're minus 26 and a half at Northwestern. What do you guys think? You can't make a number big enough. James Franklin was practicing in complete silence to simulate the Northwestern crowd. That is the coldest thing I've ever heard. He owned Northwestern in practice. Give me the Nittany Lions. I'm with you there. The, the, I know. Big win for Northwestern last week. Congratulations. Don't care. Give me, give me Penn State, he 26 and a half. music on, Tyler. That's a joke. That's a joke. All right, guys. USC minus 21 and a half at Colorado. What are we doing? I feel so uneasy about this pick. I really do. I don't feel good about it at all. Because Colorado, I think, can score on USC. But USC, top 10 in pressure and top 10 in sacks. And Shadur Sanders is getting pressured on 50% of his dropbacks and sacked 21 times in four games. I think USC goes into Boulder and commits a murder. USC minus 21 and a half. I'm going to match you on USC there. I think this is going to be kind of reminiscent of last week, but we'll see a few more Colorado points. All right. The Gators today are plus one at Kentucky. Kentucky top five in explosive play rate. I know we think Kentucky's a basketball school, but for the past couple years... Dude, the basketball a, schools have been great this year. Dude, been a Carolina, Kansas, Kentucky, Kentucky, Syracuse, might I add? Undefeated but unranked, bringing ranked Florida to the house, and Kentucky is a one-point favorite. You ride the Lightning. Wildcats. I think this is a game Kentucky plays to their formula. Run the ball, play defense, cover the spread. Give me the, the Wildcats there. All right, how about my Jayhawks at Texas today? Texas is minus 16. Horns down? Uh, Justin, go find me a Jayhawk in the wild. You can't. It's not a real bird. Hook them, Texas, laying 16. Ugly game. Texas wins. They're going to win, and they're going to put up a lot of points in this one. Sorry, Justin. It's okay, guys. LSU minus two and a half at Ole Miss. This should be a good one. Going on the road in the SEC to the Grove is one of the hardest things that you can do. I, I like Ole Miss. I like Oxford. Lane Kiffin's going to be pissed after that loss at Alabama. Keep your points, pal. Ole Miss beats LSU outright. Lane Kiffin's going to be pissed. When the hell has that ever mattered? Yeah, it doesn't matter. But you know what? F it. LSU, Keep the points, Ole Miss outright. LSU has already claimed one victory in the state of Mississippi. They're going to make it two, and they're going to cover. I'm going to roll with the Tigers here. All right, the Fighting Irish are minus five and a half at at Duke today. What are we doing? I love when the dogs are barking at home. Duke. My father will be in attendance. All right, he's a current short-term wow. North Carolina narrative, and I want him to walk out of Durham happy tonight. Duke wins outright. The wheels fall off for Notre Dame. And Marcus Eberflus, get out. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, I've seen Wallace Wade Stadium before, and it looks like a meteorite hit Earth. It is, like, concaved into the ground. It's awesome. It looks awesome. You can see the whole stadium from, like, on top of a hill. Give me the Duke Blue Devils. I gave them out as my parlay pick. All right, final pick today. Clemson minus seven at Syracuse. Clemson sucks. Cuse. Clemson's got a foot out the door of the ACC. Now, here's my one thing that concerns me. There's nobody going to this game. I sent you the available tickets on Ticketmaster right now. What is right wrong now. with your people? What a terrible fan base. What terrible is wrong with fan your people? Base. I'm willing to call them out for this. 
terrible fan base, but I still think they cover the seven. And you know what? Keep your points. There we go. Outright winner for the Qs. You need to answer for your people. The Carrier Dome should be full today. Well, that's the problem. It's the JMA Wireless Dome. Aye, it's no, the Carrier no more Dome, juice. damn it. All right, that's going to do it for us here on Chicago's College Tailgate. We'll be back next week, a full two hours, 9 to 11 a.m. here on ESPN 1000. Peggy and Dion is next. Chicago's College Tailgate returns in a flash on ESPN Chicago.